Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. I am your host, David Dodge, and today I am joined by a friend, a fellow real estate investor, and a very, very impressive individual. Very grateful for his time, and we are going to share some gold nuggets with you guys. So today I am bringing on Alex Pardo, and he is going to talk to us about his transition. And we were just chatting before we started this, this live, this, uh, this podcast. And he was telling me a little bit about it. And guys, he's got some really cool stuff to talk about today. Alex, welcome to the show. Mr. David Dodge, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for having me back on the show. Uh, always excited to uh, connect with you and just uh, deliver as much value as possible. So thank you. Hey, I appreciate you, man. I'm grateful for your time today. And uh, again, man, wow, you, before we jumped on, you were telling me about you know, some really cool stuff. Um, so yeah, man, this is going to be a great episode before we jump into that, Alex, uh, you've been on my show before and, um, I'll have to throw in the show notes, the other episode that you were on, I believe maybe once, possibly even twice. Um, but for anybody that hasn't heard that, that previous episode and, or, you know, that's watching or listening that doesn't know who Mr. Alex Pardo is, give us a, you know, a quick, you know, who I am, how long I've been in the game. And maybe even uh, throw in, you know, what got you in the game? I'm just because I'm curious. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll try to give you the brief modified version, though. Please. So uh, if I if I violate what I'm saying now, just cut me off, dude. But, You're good. Uh, you know, my my entire family is Cuban. Uh, my sister and I were born in Miami, uh, you know, middle class family. Uh, I wasn't uh, I wasn't born into into wealth and riches, but I also, you know, fortunately, I, I didn't struggle to, to get the next meal. And so I don't have that rags to riches story. And but what I did find was that uh, living middle class, my parents just kind of busted their butt to provide for my sister and I. And uh, and we were comfortable. And I knew at an early age that I wanted more than that. I wanted I didn't want to I didn't want to have to work a nine to five just to provide for my family and live week to week, month to month. So, uh, yeah, man, I, uh, it, it, you know, at the baseball field, I'd, I'd buy baseball cards and flip them for a dollar. And I got kind of exposed to buying low and selling high. And I really like that. Fast forward about a decade, I, I got into college. Uh, something switched where I wanted to kind of climb the corporate ladder for whatever reason. Uh, and I ended up getting a job with General Electric. Uh, three months into that, quickly found out that that is not what I thought it was going to be. Uh, you know, working 70, 80 hours a week. And uh, just ultimately knew that I wanted, to, I wanted to kind of blaze my own trail. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Uh, I wanted to be in business for myself. I just didn't know what that looked like. So I started reading books. I got to interrupt for one second. You took yeah. a job at GE for three months? No, no. It was a two-year program. Okay. It was three three months into it. I realized that that was not for me. <laughs> okay. So, so then you stuck it out for another year, 0.8. Yes, correct. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and so I had made a big commitment. This was the first time that I had, uh, I wasn't living at home with my parents. I was what, 20 years old at the time. Yep. And so, uh, and so, yeah, I moved, I moved to Atlanta and I had given, I told myself, Hey, this is a two-year program. I'm going to finish this. But while I was working at GE, I started the process of getting educated on uh, entrepreneurship and real estate. 
and wealth and freedom and all that kind of stuff. So I, I read a lot of books. I, uh, I remember buying Carlton Sheets, No Money Down <laughs> and thinking that real estate was all about assuming loans. And uh, anyways, didn't take any action. I was just more in consumption mode. Like I think a lot of people are these days. Um, quit that job two years later, went backpacking around Europe for three and a half months. I was in Ibiza. A friend of mine sent me an email and uh, it was inviting me to a boot camp on how to market for deals. Uh, keep in mind, David, I had funded this backpacking trip on my credit card. I was like seven grand in debt and I was about to move back to Miami to live in my parents' house at 25 years old. Not a good look, my man, not a good look. So that was a motivator for me. I'm like, I got to get, I got to figure out what I'm going to do. I knew that getting a job wasn't going to be the answer. Alex, I feel you and hear you and I understand you because <laughs> when I started this business full-time uh, seven years ago, I was 30, you were 25, so you had to jump on me. I had $62,000 worth of credit card debt and I put a coaching program and my first two months marketing on credit cards. Because yeah. what do you got to, what do you got to lose? Go from 62 to 70. Like, that was the difference that that happened, right? <laughs> right? So I get it. I love it. I feel you. Thank you for sharing. I didn't stop trying to interrupt you. Please proceed. No, no, you're good. I'm about to wrap it up, man. So I, I went to this boot camp. I, uh, I remember not really knowing that there was things like motivated sellers. I remember there was such a mental hangup. Like why would somebody sell me their house at 56? I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Uh. And, um, but anyways, I've, I've always been pretty good at just kind of like, uh, firing and then aiming. And so when I got back, when I got back home, I plucked out a pre-foreclosure letter from the manual I got. And dude, it was it's one of those things you never forget. I remember going to Kinko's and I was making photocopies of the letter and it was so ghetto because you could still see the black three ring binder <laughs> in the photocopies. I'm not even kidding you. And I start mailing pre-foreclosures. Calls start coming in. Didn't know what I was doing. Fast forward about two and a half months later, ended up closing my first deal. Um, I brought on a partner. We made 44 grand on that deal. That's awesome. That is awesome. Very And cool. that's it, man. I haven't looked back since then. That was uh, late 2005. So January 2006 is when we closed that deal. Holy cow, man. You've been in the game 16 years. Just about. Holy cow. That's awesome. Who was the, uh, you don't have to say if you don't want to, but the, you know, the, what, who was the event? What was the guy that opened your eyes? Was yeah, it a group? Uh, was it a... no, I'm, I'm happy to share, man. I'm an open book. I'll share anything. Uh, Dave Lindahl, Dave okay. Lindahl, who's an apartment. Uh, he's really an apartment investor and educator. And at the time he had a boot camp called marketing for deals. So uh, he was the one that kind of got me started. And then I started learning from several others. Stan Merrill became a really good friend of mine. And, uh, you know, I have uh, one of the I've done a lot of things wrong. And I've made a ton of mistakes. I continue to make mistakes. One of the things I think I've done right is surrounding myself with the right people, getting around the right, uh, getting in the right circles, whether it's coaches, masterminds, things of that nature. I'm sure at some point we'll talk about that. Um, and that has been a huge catalyst to, I think, my success and, and more importantly, my growth, because I still have a long way to go. Uh, you know, I think we're all a work in progress. So, man, I agree completely. And I love everything you just said. And I am blessed to have you on the show today, Alex. Thank you so much, man. You are the Thank man, you. my friend. Thank, Thank you so much for coming. So, wow. What a cool story, man. Had a job, knew immediately that you didn't like it. You stuck it out. That's what everybody tip, or that's what most people do for 40 years, guys. So yeah. the fact that you did only two is awesome. I think I made it 10 months at a corporate job uh, right out of college. So I'm, I'm with you, you know, pretty similar. Didn't, didn't go 40 years with, you know, like the most, you know, um, 
moved to Atlanta. You're going on a trip for, so this was this, uh, this workshop on how to market for deals. Was this back in the States or was this in Ibiza? No, no, this was in Atlanta. So okay, uh, when I, it. when I was in an internet cafe in Ibiza, it was September of 2005. And got then it. that de- that marketing, it was the next month in Atlanta. So but ironically back in Atlanta, I moved to Atlanta and then I, I got my first exposure to how to market for deals back in Atlanta. So awesome. All right. I got to challenge you here real quick. This is 16 years ago. Bring it. But I know you, I know you're going to know. That's why I'm going to ask. So 30 seconds. What'd you learn in this marketing for deals bootcamp? Wow. I learned a lot. First thing I learned was it's all about relationships, relationship Boom. capital. Love it's that. About, it's about connecting. It's forget the X's and O's about marketing for deals that I learned. Uh, but specifically I networked, I made relationships with people that, um, there's a few of them. I still stay in contact with to this day. Uh, the, to me, relationship capital is probably the most valuable currency you can have. It's not you know, money. what I learned uh, a while ago that stuck with me is, is that the most, how, how do you, how do you word this? The, the most, the best resource is to be resourcefulness. hundred percent. Right. How awesome is that? 100%. Very cool. So it's all 100%. about relationships. I know you got one or two more nuggets for me. Yeah, man. It's all about relationships. Uh, to this day, I learned about the acronym IDA, if I'm saying that right, A-I-D-A. And when it comes to marketing, you want to grab people's attention. You got to get their interest. You got to pique their desire. So A-I-D-A, and then it's about action. There's got to be some sort of call to action. So that's one of the first things I learned in that marketing for deals bootcamp is attention, interest, desire, and action. So when I, I was fortunate that I could just pluck out that letter, I didn't have to recreate it, but it had those principles. It had an attention grabbing headline. It piqued their interest uh, and their desires. And then it, there was a call to action. Hey, call me. Right. And so uh, that's what I learned about marketing to this day. I kind of use that formula with everything I do, whether it's copy or whether it's anything I'm doing online, whether it's on my own podcast. So yeah, that's what Dude, I would say. That is awesome. Thank you for sharing. And uh I agree with everything you just said, man. That's awesome. Very cool. It's, it, this is definitely a relationship business. Well, yes. I mean, first and foremost, it, most businesses are, you know, the, the products that we buy and sell. So what was a business to it? Either you typically is a product or a service business, right? So mm-hmm. in the wholesaling real estate business specifically, um, we, I look at it more of a service business than a product business. And the product is real estate, but the business is marketing, it's people, it's relationships. It's just, there's a lot that goes into it. Real estate is the smallest little piece of it, yeah, which is yeah, kind of yeah. crazy. Yep. You're not in the house business. You're in the people and marketing people business. People marketing business. Nailed it. And David, the, la- the last thing I'll share with you, man, is that I didn't realize this, but as real estate investors, you know, everybody listening to this show, you're an entrepreneur, you're a real estate investor, or you're on that path. At the end of the day, you have to see yourself as a problem solver. And that's probably the third most valuable thing I learned at that boot camp is that you're there to solve somebody's problem. You're there to, to be a solutions provider. And, uh, and when you stop thinking about the money and you start focusing on how to solve people's problems, the money will come. It's just inevitable. It's a byproduct. Dude, I, I just came up with the title, the people in marketing business. I love there it. You go. There that's you exactly go. what it is. It's very cool. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for telling us, you know, where you came from and who you are. Again, if you don't know who Alex is or you hadn't listened to that previous episode that we did. Very, very, very cool. Um, Alex, I've been tracking you online. You are one impressive SOB with all due respect. (laughs) I love it, man. You're always doing cool stuff. 
Uh, one of the things that I've seen recently that you've been, not recently, you've been doing this for a few years at this point, but you have a mastermind and I believe it's called Ascend Your Success. Is that correct? Yeah. Ascend uh, Mastermind. It's a, it's a, a mastermind and coaching community that my good friend and partner, Steve Cavanaugh and I put together uh, back in 2019. And what we found is, you know, I've, I've gotten so much value and growth and perspective and insight and relationships from being around the right people. Like I said earlier, coaches and masterminds. And yet I, I never really uh, could find it all under one roof, right? Where, where you got, you got the benefits of masterminding, but you were also able to uh, connect with a coach. Um, in fact, the, the life in uh, organization is the first time that had something that kind of resembled what I always felt uh, was needed in our marketplace. Right. And so, uh, Steve and I got together and, and, you know, we wanted to create something different and unique from what was already out there. And so, yeah, we launched the send, which is a, you know, it's, it's a community for entrepreneurs and real estate investors, uh, that it's not just about building the biggest building in town or making as much money as possible. That's important, but it's first about life. One thing I find David is that too many people, are focused on their business and focused on making more money. And yet what happens oftentimes is that other important areas of their life suffer, whether it's their health, whether it's relationships. I know many, many millionaires that are going through divorce or have been through a divorce or don't have a relationship with their kids, or maybe their health is out of balance. Like to me, that's not success. Like who cares how much money you have if you're sick or if you don't have meaningful, fulfilling relationships in your life. And so what Steve and I have done through Ascend is we always start with the vision. What do you want your life to look like? And then it's so much easier to tweak and modify your existing business or a new business to help support and enhance that vision you have, that desired lifestyle that you're seeking. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. And I agree 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. And, and for those listening, you know, if, if, uh, I don't pay attention to what people say. I pay attention to what people do. I can look at somebody's calendar on their phone and or their bank account, if I could actually see it, which in most cases I can, and that'll tell me where your priorities are. So if you question yourself, don't, don't, don't fall victim to, to believing your own stuff, right? Your own BS, because we're all guilty, myself included, of telling ourselves BS stories that don't serve us. Right. So you might say one thing, but look at your bank account, look at your calendar, look at where you're spending your time, and are your actions aligned with what you say is important, right? And, and sometimes I think entrepreneurs, man, we tell ourselves a lie that, hey, we're working all these hours or we're grinding, we're hustling, we're working 80 hours a week for our family. But what they don't realize is the irony of that is that your family needs you. Right. They don't you know necessarily what I mean? need what you're working for. They need you. That's such a good point. Yeah, man. So, um, so anyways, these, these are things that I've, I've kind of learned the hard way throughout the years. I certainly don't want to come across like I know it all. Cause I, I don't, I make mistakes and I fall just like you and everybody else. Um, uh, and like I said earlier, we're all a work in progress, but um, these are things that I'm hoping to kind of shine more of a spotlight on because I don't, it, when I interview people on my podcast, it's, um, sometimes internally I feel for them because I know they're successful in the outer world, but internally they're broken, you know, and, and oftentimes it's because they've prioritized the wrong things. It's, yeah. it's money and business, but what about everything else in your life? So speaking of life and air, I, I went to a, a three day, a life and air event. It's probably been two or three years ago with my wife and uh, we loved it. It was such a cool event. 
but what it was missing was the how. I talked about the why, talked about the when, a lot about the when. Um, talked about the who, didn't really talk a whole lot about the how. And I feel like I was kind of let down a little bit that because they hyped you up real good, you know, live this lifestyle, your dreams. Um, and, and no offense to any of the life and air people, by all means. Um, they're great people too. They're great people. Yeah, absolutely. But at the end, it was like, okay, guys, sign up for this group, mastermind, whatever, coaching. And uh, I'm like, wait, we just sat here for three days and you didn't tell us the how at all. And, uh, you know, but the takeaway was, is that it was very aligned with what you were just talking about. There is way more to life than just business, you know, and you said it, I'm not, I'm going to actually repeat it. Your family doesn't need your business and I'm going to reword it, but it's similar. They need you. Yeah. And that's just such a really, it's just such an awesome point. So your guys's group is, I would imagine mostly real estate investors or is it just entrepreneurs? You're, no, you're right. It's probably about 80% real estate investors just because of the audience that Steve and I have. Sure. Uh, but we do have some entrepreneurs that um, have real estate holdings, but that's not their primary business. And, and we it. find that, man, the, the perspective and insight you can get... I, let me back up. Sometimes real estate investors, when it comes to marketing, when it comes to building a real estate investing business, we're so tunnel visioned and we only know how to do things like the way everybody else in our space does things. And when you get around other entrepreneurs, that's why I'm a big fan of joining, joining BNI, uh, getting around other entrepreneurs because they can see things that you can't see. When you get the insight and perspective from other entrepreneurs, they know business. They might not know real estate investing or how to scale a wholesaling operation or you know fixing and flipping, but they can give you perspective that maybe you haven't considered. Um, so we we find that hugely valuable. But yeah, the majority to answer your question are real estate investors. Awesome, man. Very cool. And um, how big's the group? We have uh, 52 members, but it's only 30 seats. So it's, it's very, you know, it's limited. We are, our vision for this, David, was never to be a mastermind that you see out there that has 100 plus people. And, and the reason is that's very intentional because of the, the vulnerability, the transparency and the intimacy of the topics and conversations that are discussed at our retreats. It's not something that most people are going to want to share in front of 50, 100 people. And so we, we, we really vet people on the front end to make sure it's the right fit and that they match our core values. Uh, because brother in there, um, you know, sometimes there's a lot of tears shed and there's, you got brothers and sisters that are walking alongside you and it's not just about, Hey, how do I, how do I scale my, my, my company or what marketing is, 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 you know, working best these days, or how do I convert deals? But sometimes it's about real stuff that's holding us back in our personal life. And you can have all the strategy and X's and O's in your business, but if you have something that is really holding you back in your personal life, um, dude, it, it's, it's just going to get in your way, you know? And what, here's what we find is that sometimes you think you have a business challenge and sometimes it, it, it is truly a business challenge, but many times it's a, it's a personal challenge disguised as a business challenge. Man, isn't that the truth? Yeah. I agree with that, man. It's most of the time it's a personal challenge that's yeah. disguised as a business challenge. That's Dropping right. these gold nuggets. I knew you were going to do this to me, man. No. <laughs> I'm humbled, dude. I'm humbled. <laughs> no, I love it, man. That's really cool. So, um, so I'm in a couple masterminds and the ones that I enjoy the most 
are not about business. It's, it's really wild, man, because here's the thing. The business still gets discussed in the hallway or on the beach. I mean, it depends on the location, right? Or, you know, at dinner when you're with the group. But the coolest groups that I attend um, are about the life and the person and the relationships and the fact that you probably are struggling with a lot of stuff and you think it's business. And in all reality, it's not. So I just... Yeah. You, what you just said resonates very deeply with me and I love it and I respect it. And again, thank you for coming on today, man. Very cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. One one thing I will piggyback on on this conversation is, uh, and and I think, dude, you hit the nail on the head. So much business happens outside of the boardroom or outside of the conference room. The majority Uh, of you're building those relationships. And then if you're intentional about watering those relationships, you know, you plant the seed at these events. And then if you follow up and you water and you reach out to people with the intent to give, not with the intent to receive, business just happens, dude. Joint ventures happen, deals happen. But when you go where you just genuinely want to give back, like you, man, you reached out to me three weeks ago, a month ago, and you're like, dude, I I see what you're doing. Like, I want to have you back on the show and let's just talk. And I I want to talk about what you're doing. And I want to share with my audience. Like, dude, you, you weren't asking for anything. You just wanted to pour into me. And now I'm looking for ways. How can I impact <laughs> David and his bit? How do I help you? And it's just, I want to do that. You know, it's just because it was genuine. And, and to me, then that, that's the way you got to approach and build relationships with people. So I, I just, I want to underscore that because I see too many people going about it the wrong way. They have their hand out asking for something. And, uh, and that's just not the way to build relationships. You know, I, I, it took me 10 years to learn that, you know, lead with value. The money will come. Don't chase the money because then the value goes out the window, right? So, man, I love that. I agree. Well, hey, very cool. Ascendyoursuccess.com, guys. If you want to learn more about Alex and Steve's mastermind, it's called the Ascend Mastermind. Um, 30 seats or and then 52 yeah. members. Does that mean people yeah, be, are encouraged be, to bring be, their spouse or their partners? Bingo. We, we bingo. encourage people to bring their spouse or partners. I know a couple be, things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot more than you might give yourself credit for my friend. (laughs) I love it. Awesome guys. Check it out. Very, very cool. I can personally vouch and pledge for Alex and his partner, Steve. I know both these guys. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome humans. They really, really care and they're going to help. I love it. Very cool. All right, Alex, we are going to shift gears here. Let's do it. We are going to talk about what's new in your life and what's new in your business and how you are actually transitioning from one still in real estate, of course, but one, what would you call this sector or yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, type or asset class, cl- asset class. That's the best way to look at it from one asset class to the next. And I am all ears, my friend, please, please, please tell me because I am excited And I personally am also looking not necessarily to shift completely, but to add this particular asset class to my portfolio as well. Yeah. So let me kind of, uh, I'll I'll give you the, uh, let me fast forward and then I'm going to rewind. You got to provide some more context, but 
after 15, 16 years of uh, being in the single family business with wholesaling being my bread and butter, while I've done many, many types of deals throughout the years, wholesaling was always my bread and butter. 2012, I started building a team. And so for the last, you know, the previous eight years, I had a, a team, you know, ranging from anywhere between myself and a partner all the way up to nine people, acquisitions managers, dispositions managers, and we were doing deals uh, focused here in South Florida. Well, I think I shared this on the last time I was on the show, so I won't dive too deep into it, but something felt like it was missing. 2018, I, saw, I started seeing people on social media posting checks and talking about their offices and their teams and scaling and doing multiple deals a month. And, and I was like, dude, I can do that. I know I can do that. And so I, uh, I started building a team and in an attempt to scale because I felt that's what I needed to do. And what I realized about a year later, when I was, I don't know, my overhead was 40 to 50 grand a month. We had to close two deals a month just to break even three to take care of my team, four to be like really profitable. And, um, and man, that's not what I signed up for. You know, I, I, the business is supposed to serve you. You're not supposed to serve the business. And while I was the one that wasn't doing the marketing, talking to homeowners, meeting with homeowners, just, uh, you know, the, uh, the disposition side of the business, I wasn't doing any of that technical work, right? The technician work, like Michael Gerber talks about in the e-myth. Um, but I was spending a lot of time managing the team running sales meetings, putting out fires. And, uh, and man, that's just it, it, that vision the, for that business just didn't fit what I wanted anymore. And so I had, a, I had a decision to make. It's like, do I keep doing this just because we're making money? But it wasn't giving me a whole lot of fulfillment. The podcast was giving me fulfillment and joy. Ascend was, was doing that, but not the wholesaling operation. So man, I made the decision um, right before COVID, about two, three months before COVID came, that I was going to start the process of unwinding this team that I had built. And, uh, you know, and, and it was about a five, six month process to do that. And then I took some time off. And uh, one of the things my coach told me, which has served me so well, he just because he knows who I am, he says, Alex, don't be so anxious to jump into the next business and tackle the next mountain, you know? And so I took some time off. I just focused on the podcast. I focused on a sand. I still have some rentals. I still do some lending, but dude, in December, I had, uh, I've been interested in the self-storage space for a long, long time. And uh, that's a business that fits my vision from a, from a fact that you don't need a lot of overhead. Uh, you can certainly build wealth, generate a lot of cash flow. I started researching that asset class relative to multifamily, relative to office and other asset classes. And I found that, you know, in a recession, storage does very, very well. Uh, and in a great market, storage does very, very well. And so, yeah, man, I, uh, I put my money where my mouth is, you know, so not only do I run a coaching and mastermind community, but I joined a storage coaching and mastermind community through uh, Mike Wagner, the storage rebellion. And uh, dude, fast forward to today, I don't know when this is going to get released, but uh, early to mid September of 2021, I'm about to close on my, uh, my second storage facility, uh, 358 units in, uh, in Jackson, uh, Jackson, Mississippi. So Really excited about that. It's a, it's a 43,000 square foot uh, facility. And uh, yeah, man, it cash flows from day one. Uh, and, and we can get into the details if you want. But uh, now I'm doing something that is challenging me in a new way. It, there's a lot of excitement around it. And most importantly, it's aligned with my vision and the direction I want to go in. So you already have 
one unit or one storage facility? No. So I ended up wholesaling the first one. Um, okay. uh, uh, yeah. So uh, one actually one of our members in, in Ascend uh, contracted a property, had never wholesaled before, brought me in along with somebody else. And, and we ended up marketing, finding a buyer. And so we ended up wholesaling a self-storage facility. Uh, but this is going to be the first one that we actually, you know, put in the portfolio. I love it. So tell me a little bit about that wholesale. Why did you not keep it? Was it because? Uh, yeah, it was too small. It was too small, too small. for us. Okay. So it was, it was about an 11,000 square foot facility. Uh, and so, man, one of the things that people, when they get into self-storage and even multifamily, you know, you, you hear people in multifamily, they'll buy a duplex, which is not even considered commercial, right? But like they'll buy a fourplex or maybe a 10 unit, a 20 unit. And when I talk to really successful commercial real estate investors, whether it's multifamily, self-storage, it's the same amount of work on the front end to underwrite these deals. And oftentimes it's so much easier to raise the capital on big deals with juicy fat margins than on small deals. So when I got into self-storage right out of the gate, I said, I want to start looking for self-storage facilities that are 20,000 square feet and up. And, uh, and it's, it's interesting, David, when you focus on something and you're intentional about it and you then put your nose to the grindstone, so to speak, and you get to work how things happen. So it, to me, it's no coincidence that my first one is double what I was targeting, you know, 43,000 square feet. But this first one that came across was just too small. And we ended up uh, splitting a $95,000 wholesale fee three ways on a, on a storage facility. So yeah. Awesome. Very, very cool. So the 350 units that you got coming, um, did you, did you use any of the information that you had learned in the marketing for deals bootcamp? Mm, good question. <laughs> good, 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 good. Because I would imagine you did at least some little pieces of it, right? Some pieces of it, yes. Now, uh, to be totally transparent, my storage coach uh, is the one that found this deal and he had too many storage projects going on at the same time. So he ended up wholesaling this one to me. Nice. Um, so while I didn't, you look, you, you always use marketing strategies. Like I'm always thinking about how to gain more attention and, you know, drive up people's interest, desire. There's always a call. Like you're, we're always using marketing, right? But I think more than anything, what we talked about earlier, coaching masterminds, the relationship capital, the fact that we had that relationship, the fact that I invested in myself, I was first in line to get dibs on that deal. And that deal would have gone like that because it cash flows from day one and there's a value add component to it. Um, so, so yes, to answer your question, there's always some marketing being used, but if anything, the relationship and you know, is what really came into play here. I love it. Very, very cool. So you live down in South Florida, Miami area, right? Miami, my man. And this is in Jackson, Mississippi. Correct. And so obviously you're not as scared of investing out of state or somewhere that's, you know, not necessarily in your backyard. Not at all. Not at all. So yeah, the, the way that I've learned uh, the storage business through Mike Wagner, it's, it's a three-prong approach where uh, there's a company called Easy Storage Solutions, which is essentially a third-party management company that can handle, they can be your, uh, your, your payment provider, payment collector. They have a call center in place. Like basically they can be your management company. You don't need an on-site property management company. Um, the second part of that is, well, I already talked about the second part is the call center. Uh, and then the third part is you hire a, so we hired a, a local part-time, what's called like a boots on the ground person, somebody that can do a lock audit checks, unit cleanouts, things of that nature. 
Um, she's not even really dealing with customers. Uh, she handles uh, the auctions online, you know, when people don't pay, uh, which by the way, is another reason I really like storage is that they have lien laws. So unlike, you know, for, for the landlords listening to me, you know, when somebody doesn't pay your rent, you know, you have to go through a process to evict them, not in the storage business. In most states, you have a lien law, which means that in 30 to 45 days, you know, you can essentially auction off the contents of that unit. And you and don't have to go to court or anything, right? Nope. Everything's done online. Wow. Now, this is where this is where the part time local boots on the ground person. So anyways, it's a three prong approach between easy storage solutions, which is a software third party management company, the call center and the part time person. You can run this business from anywhere in the world with a laptop, a cell phone. As long as you got those three components, you can do this virtually and remotely. So the three components are call center, payment provider, and then the local boots on the ground. Correct. Yeah. Easy storage. So then they're a lot more than just a payment provider and collector, but they essentially sure. are the ones that deal with the customers, handle customer service, uh, collect payments, all it's that a kind management of stuff. company. That's right. Nice. That's right. Cool. Yeah. So, so then are you going to be, so this is just a random question, but is it going to be Alex's storage or is it going to no. have a big national name on the front of it? Or will it be easy storage solutions? How does the branding work? And, or is it already branded? Yeah, it's all, this one's already branded. We're actually keeping the name. That's a great question, though. Sometimes uh, if they don't have, uh, you know, usually we're, we're looking for mom and pop operators. Mm -hmm. In other words, we're not going out there trying to buy, you know, like uh, the public storages of the world and Cube Smarts. Those are owned right, by right. REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust. I mean, those are the big boys with deep, deep, deep pockets. We're targeting secondary and tertiary markets, um, which is why I didn't start focusing in Miami. Um, so we're looking at uh, secondary tertiary markets and we're looking for mom and pop operators that, you know, might not have a website or might not have any marketing or branding in place. They don't have a Google presence. These are the types of opportunities we're looking for because we can jump in, implement this three prong approach. And so sometimes to answer your questions, you can just inherit the name if you think it's a good one and you think it has brand potential. Otherwise, you can just go ahead and do a complete rebrand. In this case, we're keeping the name. Perfect. Yeah. Very cool. When, when will it close? A couple of weeks? Uh, September 8th. So I'm not sure when this oh, is. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. This, will, this will launch probably Thursday or Friday. So like okay. next so week, you're going to In fact, you, you might, if you follow me on social media, I'm going to be documenting the process, but we're flying out to uh, myself and my partner to Jackson uh, next week uh, for the closing. And then we're going to spend three days there at the facility, just kind of implementing some things, working with the, uh, the part-time boots on the ground person and getting up and running, man. So... Dude, that's awesome. So did you have to syndicate this type of deal or? No, no. I, I, so, great question. So we went with SBA financing, SBA okay. 7A. So uh, with SBA, basically small business administration, um, we had to put down 15%. So this is a, uh, a $1.6 million uh, purchase price. Mm -hmm. And so we went with SBA. And so I brought on a money partner to fund the 15%. And in addition to some of the capital expenditures that the facility needs, you know, we're putting in a brand new gate. It's got some roof repairs, things of that nature. So um, I didn't syndicate as far as I wanted to go out there and, and just raise a bunch of capital from a bunch of deep, uh, different people. But I brought on one partner to get a piece of the deal. Uh, so essentially, I'm getting into this deal with zero uh, money out That's of my awesome. own pocket. That's awesome. So is that SBA financing through you and that money partner or just you? No, so SBA that there's a there's a there's a bank out there. So there's SBA uh, lenders. There's SBA approved banks 
that can essentially work with SBA, provide SBA financing. So SBA is providing 85% of the funding for this particular purchase. And then we have to put the 15% down. So I brought on a partner to fund the 15%. Okay, gotcha. So I've done an SBA loan before for a restaurant that I owned also, okay. for, 10, also for 10 months and decided that I didn't want to do that either. I didn't know that uh, about you. Interesting. <laughs> I've done quite a few, quite a few businesses. Failed yeah. a lot. Failed a lot. But uh, you know, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm still here. Um, so I guess the, I guess I asked the question wrong. Um, are you personally guaranteeing the loan or is you and him personally? Guaranteeing? In this particular case, both of us are personally guaranteed, cool. yeah. but you found it. Therefore it merits the fact that he needs to bring the 15% so on and so forth. So correct. Correct. Now, this, cool. this particular deal after the debt service, just to kind of give people some perspective, um, this will cash flow about $105,000 a year after that we pay the debt service. Uh, so it's, it's a pretty healthy deal. 105 K 105 K a year after the debt service, after the debt service, after, yeah, after we pay the bank. Um, now the, so the 105 K net plus you're getting depreciation plus somebody else is paying this thing off. Plus it's really cool. <laughs> and and the, so the best part is not just the cash flow, but the equity. Um, with yep. ra- with raising rents and decreasing expenses, we expect this thing to be worth about 2.5, 2.6 in a 12 to 18 month period. Um, so at that point, we got multiple exit strategies. You know, do we want to exit? Do we want to sell? Do we want to refi, take some cash out and keep the cash flow? Uh, I mean, there's there's numerous things you can do here. Wow. That is so crazy. I love it, dude. I've been looking for storage units. Um, been looking for little pl- plots of land to, to start building something small. I've been looking for, you know, some storage units that are small already, but have land to where we could essentially grow. I haven't pulled the trigger yet, uh, but it's probably the next thing that I'm going to start jumping into. Um, I love the idea. Everybody has a bunch of junk. Um, I've personally had storage units over the years. Um, when I, when my father passed, I had to move an entire home worth of stuff into a storage unit. And it sat in there for probably 18 months before we got around to going through of it. Most of that stuff we sold off and or threw away. And, um, there's just such a need there really you know, is for it. Everybody's got a bunch of junk. They want to yeah. store. And, and David, not, Oh, go ahead, man. I'm sorry. I was just going to say one, one last thing. So and you had said something earlier that I really, really liked. It does very well in a recession. It yep. does very well in a great market. So it's not necessarily a cyclical type of business. The economy doesn't necessarily dictate, um, you know, the success of the business. It's it's a people to people business, of course, and people have stuff to store. Now there could be businesses that are also renting these units, sure. um, but I'd imagine the majority of them are just people just moving, you know, needing some place to store because. They're moving, they're downsizing. I mean, really, it's all the same things that we face when we're looking for these motivated sellers. So earlier you had mentioned, you know, going to this boot camp about marketing for deals, right? Lots of different ways to market for deals. But when you're marketing for deals, you are going to spend your time and your money and your efforts marketing to people that would presumably be motivated. Right. You're not just going to go put up a billboard in the nicest part of town saying we buy crappy houses because there's no crappy houses in that part of town, Mm -hmm. right? You are going to be marketing to people that have presumed motivation. And I think that that's, that's awesome. So you're doing the same thing with this business. 
yeah. you're finding people that are the mom and pop operators, secondary and third. You, you said a different word. I don't even know. Uh, ter- tertiary market. Tertiary, I'd never even heard of that before, but learning something new every day. Very cool. People that don't have a website, they're not doing any type of marketing. They're not doing efficient marketing. Um, and there's value add. I love it. I think this is yeah. the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And, very, and very cool. think, think about the, uh, think about the explosion of e-commerce over the last what five, seven years, people are just, I don't know about you, man, but my wife's got something from Amazon coming like every day, every other day, like people are just constantly buying stuff online. And, and, and sometimes people need a place to store that stuff. And, you know, when somebody's paying 30, 35 bucks, all the way up to 120 bucks a month, in many cases, it's kind of a nuisance expense. It takes, uh, it's a process to move out stuff from a storage unit. And so many tenants, like in this particular facility, there's numerous tenants, many tenants that have been there for years and just continue to pay month after month after month. You don't have to deal with toilets. Some of these people uh, don't even know what's in those units at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, man. And, and it's, man, people don't want to get rid of, of little Billy's, you know, second, uh, you know, second, uh, second grade school certificate or, or the little trophy from soccer. Like people want to hold on to that stuff. And there, dude, there's just so many reasons, you know, like I'm thinking of just 10 different reasons in the back of my head right now. Like one or two that come to mind would be, you know, you got a nice house with plenty of storage space, but your basement floods. So you have to take all that stuff out and your garage is already full with two cars. So you got to go stick it in a storage unit, replace the basement. I mean, there's just so many different reasons that somebody would necessarily need storage units. So a couple quick questions for you, Alex, before we wrap up today, buddy. And again, I'm just, I'm thank, I'm so grateful and thankful for your time today and for all the value and gold nuggets that you're dropping, not only on the audience, I always learn stuff on these podcasts. And the other day, one of my buddies said, dude, why do you do the podcast? And I, I said, I kind of thought about it for a minute. I already knew the answer, but I thought about it for a minute. And I said, you know what? It's a Trojan horse. And he uh, said, well, what do you mean? And I said, dude, if I were to call Alex up randomly right now and be like, Hey, can I pick your brain for an hour? He'd be like, no, maybe not to me, but to the average individual. Right. But I can say, hey, let's do it. Let's jump on a podcast. Let's talk about you. Let's promote. Let's provide value. And everyone's always like, yes, let's do it. It's awesome, right? So very, very cool. So question that I have, though, for you about the this, this new venture and, and this, this new deal specifically, these 350 units, um, are there different sizes of units? Are some of these units, you know, climate controlled? Can you drive a truck into a unit? Like, I would imagine there's a bunch of different types of scenarios. Yeah. It's not all just a six by eight foot box, right? No, no. Yeah. So um, great question. So that you're talking about the unit mix. So there's a variety. We have five by fives, five by tens, 10 by 15s, 10 by 20s, all the way up to 10 by 30s and even 10 by 35s. Wow. Um, so yeah. You this, drive a this, camper this, in one of these things. Then. Yeah, absolutely. Now the, the facility that I'm buying is non-climate controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a climate controlled facility. Um, those usually, you know, uh, can be more expensive. Uh, yeah, but you're also they- going to be having more expenses, more headaches, more, 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 Correct. the air conditioner's not working more issues. Yeah. Yeah. Now you can command a premium on rent, obviously. Um, and those can be, uh, tend to be more desirable depending on, you know, the area that you're in, but yeah, so mine is non-climate control, but we got a variety of unit sizes. Uh, and yeah, dude, there's some units where, you know, people can park, uh, can park things in there. So for sure. Dude, that is awesome. Alex, give me some parting words for the audience. And then also tell us how we can connect with you. What's your preferred method? Are you a social media guy? Are you wanting people to go to a website or do you have an email? So on and so forth. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, um, these days I just, uh, I really, 
I get so much joy and satisfaction out of uh, being able to speak to people through uh, my podcast. Uh, so I have Perfect. a podcast that I've been hosting through to, uh, since 2016 called the Flip Empire Show. So if you go to flipempire.com forward slash podcast, uh, I release two episodes a week. And uh, David, which reminds me, we've got to get you back on there again, my man. Uh, so we'll make that happen. Uh, so yeah, flipempire.com forward slash podcast. And uh, you can connect with me, Alex at flipempire.com. And, uh, and then again, if you haven't, David, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak on it. Uh, if you have any interest in Ascend, ascendyoursuccess.com. I love it, guys. He just gave you some awesome nuggets on this show. I'm going to recap really quick here. So connect with Alex through his podcast. It's flipempire.com forward slash podcast, but really just go check out flipempire.com too. All types of cool stuff over there. And then of course, he's got a killer group of people and it's a mastermind. It's not necessarily even directed towards real estate investors, which is cool because that's what most of our audience is. It's really more for entrepreneurs and, you know, just being a better person and, and focusing on living your life. And you often think that things aren't what they are. And like you said earlier, you know, like your, your family doesn't need your business. They need you. And yeah. very, very cool. All the things that I see coming from Alex, are they resonate with me very deeply. And I just, I love to see what he's always up to and just respect the hell out of this guy. You can also connect with Alex directly at alex at flipempire.com. Alex, thanks for coming on the show, my man. Much appreciated. I know the audience is going to find great value in this. Any parting words for us today? Yeah, no, again, I want to thank you for the opportunity to, uh, to speak to your audience. And uh, I think, you know, uh, if you just, if you just wake up every single day with the desire to be 1% better in one particular area of your life, the eighth wonder of the world is going to take its course. And that's, I think it was Einstein that said compound, you know, like when things compounding interest and when thing, and that's, if you could just be 1% better each day, pick a certain area of your life that you think is going to really move the needle. It could be health. It could be your business. It could be relationships, whatever that is, what can you do that day to just be 1% better? And I think if you haven't, you adopt that mindset, that mentality, David, every single day, dude, how do you think you're going to wake up? Like you're not the same person on December 31st that you were January 1st, if you adopt that mindset, because it's 1% improvements each and every day over the course of the year. So I'm hoping people really latch onto that. I love it. I agree. I concur. I think it's awesome. Alex, thanks for coming on the show. Guys, thanks for listening. Signing off. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy, you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.